Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is Promise, and we are so glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for being our God, Lord, and showing us the Scriptures, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for showing us how we should walk with you, Lord, so that we do not stumble, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we dive into the word of the Lord and continue our study in the book of Hebrews. This morning we are in chapter seven. So could I get a volunteer to read verses one through 19, please? I will. All right, Layla. For this, re- for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is, from their brethren, though they they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham, and blessed him who had the promises." Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Therefore, perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek, and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe, from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Well, amen. Amen. Thank you, Layla. Amen. Yes, thank you. There's a lot in there. So, as is our custom, we're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit has spoken and ministered to you. And ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. 
Okay, so in this section of scripture, we get to see the Holy Spirit guided answers to, you know, some of the more frequently asked questions of the day. And, you know, that would be like, okay, if the old covenant was good, why do we need another one? If the law was good, why do we need to be free from it? And if Moses was faithful in the Lord's house, as we saw in earlier chapters of Hebrews, then why do we need Jesus as priest? And, you know, there are, are a million good reasons why we need Jesus as high priest forever. But we'll start with the first. And we're going to look at, first we're going to talk about the old covenant. Yes, in and of itself, it was good. The, the, the commandments, if you will, the Ten Commandments, they were given to the children of Israel so that they knew how to walk before the Lord and had some guidelines, if you will, some guardrails to to show them how they were supposed to behave because we see the other nations like the Assyrians and the Amorites were worshiping pagans and doing all sorts of ungodly things. So the Lord gave them the 10 commandments as a baseline so that they had something to go off of and had some, had brought some mental awareness of the, thing, of the things that the Lord was watching and looking for in them. So they were able to walk before him. Now those 10 commandments were not made or designed to be there permanently. Yes, and stealing is at any, there. there's no good reason to steal or commit adultery, but the, the greater thing that God wanted was for us to have that deep and intimate personal relationship with him. And we would come and commune with him. We would go and seek him for the instructions for the day, and we would carry them out as he gave them. Secondly, talking about the, the law, if it was good, why did we need, to get away from it why do we need to be free from it and there's two things that you have to understand there are there's a double reference and it's the the word law is translated and used in english multiple times but it's different in hebrew so there is the law of sin and death that's what we're free from but the law of the lord his commandments there's no need to be free from it because it was good again the ten commandments don't steal don't lie don't cheat those came from god they were good but it was the law of sin and death that we needed to be free from Paul. I'm not quite sure which book it is or chapter or verse where Paul talks about concerning the commandments. He didn't know to steal until he read the Ten Commandments that said don't steal. And why does it say that? Because the adversary took that opportunity of the people reading that to plant seeds of disruption and um, disturbance, if you will. There's another word I'm looking for, but I can't quite find it at this exact moment. But that he used that opportunity to lead others away in sin. But the law in and of itself, again, wasn't bad. It was what the adversary was, you know, doing through the people as they left the door open for him to because the, the devil can't just barge in and do stuff to people without their permission, as we talked about in the other episode. Just like we have to give God legal access to work through us, the devil has to have legal access as well. That can be given through ignorance or just straight up willingness but for the people because at this time there wasn't the holy spirit freely given they had the 10 commandments to you know put the little blinders on them and concerning the priesthood and looking at specifically at verses 18 through 19 talking about on one hand there was the annulling of the former commandments because of its weakness and unprofitableness the law made nothing perfect and that ties to the offering of um you know 
bulls and goats and rams, sin offerings and and other peace offerings and all the other ones that you see in the book of Leviticus, because it was not possible for the blood of bulls, goats and rams to take away sin. It was never designed to do that. It was never created to do that. The best that it could do was put a blanket over a growing mound of sin. But the blood of Jesus is the one that can erase and completely eradicate sin, remove the stain that sin leaves on a person's life and make it clean and whole again so that we're able to stand before the Lord our God, which is why we needed Jesus as the high priest, which is why it was necessary that he died on the cross. He went to hell for three days and rose again afterwards and ascended to power and majesty on high and will come again for us when the father says it's time. But that's why we needed Jesus and not Moses. Moses couldn't save anybody by dying on the cross because he wasn't sinless himself. So we needed that sinless lamb, Jesus. And because of that and his and Jesus willingness, we are able to receive repentance and remission for sins, which is again is different than a temporary stopping of you know, the, the penalty, if you will, of sin, the, the temporary covering of it. This was just com- the blood of Jesus completely wiped it off the books. So there was no balance in the account that was owed, no debt, which again is why there was the, ch- the switch over from offering bulls and goats, which was the first covenant. They were offering animal sacrifices. They lived according to the law, the Ten Commandments, to now we we still hold fast to the Ten Commandments because, again, they're good. But now we go and seek the Lord to get the instruction from him firsthand. We have the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth, shows us things to come. And we have the blood of Jesus. He was sacrificed once and for all and made atonement once and for all for everybody so that we're able to pass through that veil and stand before the Lord and get what it is that we need so that we're able to fulfill our destiny and our mission here on earth and I hadn't quite thought of that originally I thought I was a little bit confused about why we had the second covenant if the first one was good until the Lord shared those facts with me and now I'm a little bit you know not a little bit but I'm greatly pleased that I now know the answer Mm -hmm. having revelation is key who else I shall speak next. All right, promise. Well, Lord, sorry. Well, Layla, as you were speaking, the Lord was reminding me of how that when we're walking with the Lord, that the Lord will always provide for what we're doing. We see with inside of Peter, I believe, talking about how that we are a kingdom of kings and priests. And going back to Hebrews and how that the Lord was the high priest of the order of Melchizedek. Now we should be modeling ourselves after the Lord instead of everything that we're doing and more so about his character than rather I'm going to do this or that. And like the Ten Commandments Layla she gave as an example. The Lord was also reminding me of the reason why the Lord had to give the Ten Commandments was because they only knew his works and not his ways. And so the Lord had to instruct them and in what not to do because they're unwilling to do it by themselves because they had no relationship with God. And the same, this it shouldn't apply for us. We should have an intimate relationship with God so that we're only doing what the Lord, what pleases God. We read inside of the Gospels talk, when Jesus was talking to the scribes. He said, all the law rests on love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. The same applies for us. Once we love the Lord, then we'll be able to do everything else. Mm -hmm. So, who didn't have a relationship with the Lord? Just, uh, oh, sorry. The Israelites in the wilderness. Okay. Well, no. They knew about the Lord. But as you said, the relationship was, I don't want to say non-existent. You can know about the Lord. But it's a very different ordeal than the Lord being your God and you being his people. Right? And that happened because they made an exchange, a compromise, if you will, and took on some of the gods of the Egyptians. Right? Which is why you see very early on that then they wanted to make a, or made a golden calf. Right? So yes. let's understand that in, in full. Right? Well, as we're talking about Melchizedek and the order of Melchizedek, Abraham was blessed, but Abraham already had a relationship with the Lord, as did, clearly did Melchizedek, who was similar to our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, was a king, king of Salem, right? And he was a high priest of the Lord. So, which is what we are called to be, right? Yes. And you see that down in the lineage of Abraham, where he talks about Levi, right? That's four generations down, because it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob had 12, one of which was Levi. So, you see how, as we were just saying in the last episode, how the word of the Lord speaks on a myriad of ways, and, and levels, and layers, Right? Even down to the third and fourth generation and throughout eternity. There are a lot of intersecting points in the Lord's plan. So, I just wanted to cover that in full so there's no no confusion whatsoever because our God's not a God of confusion. And just so we understand and now that we understand can move deeper into alignment with Him. You have anything else? No. All right. What the Lord was sharing with me is that I'll, I'll start in the beginning of this chapter in which we see that he begins by talking and giving the meaning of um, the various names that Melchizedek had, meaning that Melchizedek literally translated to king of righteousness and then mm -hmm. um, of Salem was king of um, peace. And the Lord was just reminding me of all the times that we see inside the Bible that he does things not in the way that as humans we want to think of it. We think that, okay, Lord, you're going to do it how I want you to do it. This is how you mean to do it. And we try to essentially delineate what his plan should be. And we think that we understand enough of the Lord to um, lay out his plan for him, essentially. Mm -hmm. We think that we are now the engineer who draws the blueprints and just give it to the Lord to go and manufacture. But mm -hmm. that's not how it works. But what we see here as well, and I would just like to take us to... Um, Genesis 14 so we can see the exact blessing that Melchizedek blessed um, Abraham Abram at this point with he said this is verse 19 and he blessed him and said blessed be Abram of God most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and we left off talking um, about how all the various things that the Lord tells us about his promises aren't just inside the one regard that we want to think of it 
he's not talking about a um a specific example he's talking about something so much greater for myself and how i think about things i become focused on one thing until i complete then i move on to something else and that's how i think about it inside of my mind whereas the lord is looking at the whole entire picture and that's what he sees uh-huh. and what we see here is that as he's doing all these um various um as he's working through people inside of this example and as he's moving forward with what he wants and providing examples of it inside of the earth, he's also showing us how we should act. We see here that um, as he was blessing him, he was blessing him according to the blessing that God had already blessed Abram with. He wasn't trying to do his own thing and say, I'm going to bless you with what I think you should have. He was blessing it based off what the Lord had already said to Abram which is what we see inside of Jesus. And that was also a very distinct difference. We see that various times throughout the scriptures, the Lord says that he is going to raise a priest from this order, one being the order of Zadok um, and then Aaron and how he does these things, but it ne- what he chose and what the Lord truly referenced and made a distinction about was the blessing in Melchizedek. And it goes to how Jesus is not going to be thinking about what he wants and blessing us as he wants. He's blessing us based off what the Lord tells him to do and how he's enacting that. Now, all, all whether it's Zadok or Levi or, or whoever, right? There's one common thread, two, really. The Lord was their God. And they were his servants. It's the first. And because of that, they were obedient to do what he commanded them to do. Right? Mostly. Well, even with mostly. Zadok, they received a blessing to minister to the Lord based on what? Right Their faithfulness to the Lord. They did not sway. They did not compromise as other people, even in the the Levitical priesthood did. Yes. But that family remained, and they were given a place of honor. And it goes back to the end of actually chapter 6, where it talks about the Lord, right, by two immutable things. That's in verse 18. It's impossible for him to lie, and we might have strong consolation, who have um, fled for refuge to lay hold of hope that he set before us, right? Which And then you covered this in a previous episode, Honey Honey, about how it is the hope we have as an anchor of the soul, right? But then in verse 20, it says, where the forerunner has entered for us, talking about behind the veil. Well, there are a lot of forerunners in Scripture. This is talking about Jesus as a forerunner, right? But we also have been given these types and shadows that talk about um, or exemplify the Lord in some way. Of course, I would say probably uh, one of the most commonly known ones being John the Baptist, right? You'll go as a, a forerunner for the Lord, right? Yes. A pro- you're a prophet of the Lord, and, and you went as a forerunner for him. In the spirit of Elijah, also in a similar type and shadow, right? A forerunner for the Lord, okay? But here you also, he's talking about Melchizedek, and making the direct comparison. It's no different than we were talking about as a type and shadow. Abraham and Isaac as a type and shadow, a forerunner concerning the Lord and, and what was going to happen. 
And you can study this out both in people, but also in the events, the things that they did that was on the destiny track for them and their life and their ministry in the Lord. Yes. As you can see it in the Garden of Eden as a, a type and shadow for the temple. You see in the tabernacles a type and shadow, if you will, of or copy, same with same with the Garden of Eden, of what already exists in the heavenlies, which is why it had to be made so exact by, well, it was given to Moses, so the children of Israel could make, right? Yes, yes. And you see that carried over and copied through Solomon's temple, and even uh, the second temple, right? Yes, so then. understanding all those things, the, the forerunner aspect, there's none greater than Jesus who, who it says, came as a forerunner, right? And puts him in that same thing. Now, yes, he is coming again soon. But he already came as in the same way, right? A pattern example. He, but he is the pattern example because he is greater than all and is both king and our great high priest, the king of kings and lord of lords, the, the lord of hosts. But he is also our great high priest. Yes, Dad. So, so understand the the connections there, with even as I said, in Hebrews six twenty, the forerunner aspect. Okay. Yes. Because he came as a forerunner, demonstrating the Father, right? Yes. And didn't Jesus say that constantly throughout his ministry? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Which is, who we are called to glorify, right? And Jesus said that another thing he said constantly, my father's glorified by this. And there were a few different instances, right? One that you bear much fruit, right? He yes. said, I do the things that are pleasing to him. I, I glorified you on earth by accomplishing or fulfilling all that you have given me to do or commanded me to do, depending on your translation. Yes. So you see that obedience f factor in effect there as well, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's understand that in light of the scriptures, but also as it applies to our life. Okay? Yes. It's, it's significant. It carries great weight. And there's there's great responsibility in carrying it out. Okay? Yes. So there's a lot in that. So with that, we're going to pause for today, allow time for the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you as you study out the scriptures and Go through all those sections. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you're the pattern example for our life, Lord. That you're the one who we hold ourselves up to, Lord. That we examine how you live, Lord, and that we go and walk in the same manner that you walk, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead us into this, Lord, to help us and show us the correct path that we are supposed to take, Lord, and to reveal your character and nature to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.